0: You're listening to episode 46 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. Thanks, as always, for joining me on Keto for Women and for this very special edition with one of my friends talking about PCOS. And I just know that this is such a hot topic in the keto community, and you guys are just going to absolutely love our guest today and the amazing information that she's about to share for all of us. But before we do that, just a quick shout out to the podcast sponsor for today, Triple E Burgers. If you guys haven't tried these burgers yet, you absolutely must. And really, you just need to have a stock of them in your freezer because they're the best Thing when you just forget to make dinner or forget to pull something out or you're back home from traveling, which is what I always end up doing. And just having these ready-to-go burgers that you can take straight from the freezer and put them on the skillet and in 10 minutes they're done and you have a meal is so amazing. Not to mention that they are of the highest quality possible, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, organic, pasture-raised meats that you can get. So we're not taking away the quality of having a convenient food available just because they are in the freezer. We still have that quality that's so important. And of course, the flavor is a huge piece. And these Burgers are unbelievable. They come in three different flavors. You can get Chipotle chicken, Mediterranean beef, and umami beef. And for me personally, I love the Chipotle chicken and turning that into burger salad, like a taco salad. So great. And then I usually do with the umami and the Mediterranean. I love putting that into like a Kali rice bowl with a bunch of different vegetables and maybe some coconut aminos for the umami. It's just, they're so delicious, so convenient. Your whole family will love them. And You're not stripping away any of the quality that we know is so incredibly important for our health. We cannot continue to eat this meat where these animals haven't been treated well, where they have been fed foods that they're not used to and are not made to eat, like grains, which is very common. And it's just not a good practice. It's not good for your body. We need to be eating animals that are healthy so that we can stay healthy. It takes it from being an inflamed, Inflammatory food if the animal's not treated well and eating the foods that it's meant to eat to an anti-inflammatory, very healthy, very healing food if it comes from an animal that has been treated the way that it should be treated. So that's why I love not only finding companies that are taking pride in that and taking care of that for us but then also in a very convenient package. And that's what you get with Triple E So please go ahead and check them out. You will be so happy that you did. And right now because you're a Keto for Women listener, you can get 15% off your online order when you go to tripleleaffoods.com and use the coupon code KETO THE NUMBER 4 WOMEN and that's triplee t r i b a l i foods.com and use that coupon code keto number four women to get 15% off. A few quick housekeeping items, one or two things, or maybe three things, I don't know yet. We'll see how quickly I can get through this, but next week is a big week, so I want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on next week that you can potentially be a part of. The first thing is on April 30th, that's next Monday, I am hosting a free live webinar for all of you, for anyone that wants to join, whether you're a man or a woman, keto or not, listener to the Keto for Women show, not a listener to the Keto for Women show, doesn't matter. You can all attend a live webinar about keto for hormones. I've been talking about this a little bit in past episodes, letting you know this is coming up. Well, now it's here. So Monday, April 30th, if you're not already registered, please make sure to do so. I need you to be registered in order to attend the event. And if you can't attend live, that's the only way that you will get the recording of the webinar so you can listen to it when you do have time. So, it will be Monday, April 30th at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So there's only one time that it will be held live. Although, like I said, there will be a recording. It will be sent to all those that are registered. Whether you attended or not, you will be able to get the recording. And anyone can ask questions too. I will be taking questions beforehand uh, that you can send via email, and I will try to answer all of the questions on the live recording too. So if you do have questions, specifically about using a ketogenic diet to heal and balance your hormones, whether that be your adrenals, your sex hormones, your thyroid, any of it, I will be happy to take those questions uh, beforehand and I'll answer them on the webinar and then you can hear the answer either live or in that recording. In order to register, you can do so by going to the show notes to this show. There will be a link to register there. You can go to my Instagram or Facebook, and there will be links to register there. If you are on my email list already, you will have gotten an email where there will be a link to register there. So there's lots of different ways that you can get involved in this webinar. It's going to be great. It's going to be a little bit like being on a podcast, but a little bit different because I'll be live and there's no editing. There's no nothing. It's just me chatting and you'll be able to see my face for at least some of it. And then the other part of it, there will be slides. And these are the slides that I used. At least some of them are the slides that I used for the Low Carb Universe Keto Ladies Conference. And because I wasn't able to actually do my talk here on the podcast, I thought it would be great to just do it as a webinar so that you all can get the information because 99.9999% of you were not at that conference. So be looking for that and make sure to get registered. It's going to be super fun. That's Monday. Then Tuesday is the one-day enrollment of the next Fat-Burning Female class. So that is the Fat-Burning Female project class, the six-week group class which I run every other month for women to make sure that you are getting into ketosis, that you are doing so safely and effectively, giving you the ability to have the support and encouragement of myself and your other peers and making new friends and all that stuff and just learning about bunch, not only about ketosis, but about yourself and your body and your health along the way. And this is just my absolute 100% always will be passion project because I just can see so many women come out of those six weeks a completely different person with so much more empowerment for their bodies and their health and their food and just everything. It's just so much more than just being about ketosis and producing ketones, I guess. It's So, so far beyond that. And I absolutely love the class. I absolutely love the group of ladies. This is also what allows you to be invited to the Fat Burning Female retreat that's coming up in September and all the retreats and all the Fun stuff that we do beyond the class. This is also what will give you access to do some of my other courses, my functional lab testing courses, like the Good Gut Project and the Happy Hormone Project. Those are both classes that I run. They're very small group classes where I do functional lab testing on the clients and then give them a personalized protocol based on what we find. And those classes both of them now, which is a recent change I've made, both of them, you have to have already done the Fat-Burning Female Project. I have to know that you already know about your body and your version of keto and about real food and all the stuff that we do in the Fat-Burning Female Project. It just has to be a requirement for me because it's that important to the rest of your health. So that's kind of where we start is this Fat-Burning Female Project. Now, I know I did tease about the Fat-Burning Fat Burning Female self-study that will be coming out, but it will not be May 1st. I just have more stuff that I want to do to make that class a little bit more unique than the Fat Burning Female project. So if that's something that you are more interested in and in more of a self-study and not having the group format, not having the support of myself and others, not having live calls and As, and having access to me, then that is is still an option for you. It just is going to be maybe a few more weeks to a month down the road in order for me to get that built up in the way that I want it to be. So yeah, May 1st, Tuesday, it's a one-day enrollment for the Fat-Burning Female Project. If you want to learn more, you can head to the show notes to this episode or you can go to bit.ly slash project. That's bit.ly slash project and learn more. And then that will be the same place that you will go to enroll. Although I highly, highly, highly recommend if it's something that you're interested in doing that you get on the email list, which is there at that website address, get on the email list because that's when you get a notification. The moment that enrollment is open, you will get an email from me saying, hey, it's open, go ahead. And then you can ensure that you get a spot before enrollment closes and the course is full because it does fill up rather quickly. All right, let's move on to today's episode. Like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about PCOS and how you can use a low carb, high fat approach to heal your body of this hormonal imbalance. My guest today is someone that I met at the Low Carb Universe Keto Ladies Conference and it was just one of those moments where you meet someone and you felt like you've known them forever and you're best friends. It was just a really instant connection between us. We have very similar personalities and energies. And so we got along just great all weekend. And then I heard her talk about PCOS and her experience and how she was able to reverse what was going on with her hormones. And I just instantly knew that Keto for Women listeners needed to hear this needed her information. So I booked her on the show as quickly as I could, and here we are. So you guys are absolutely going to love this information, whether you're someone that deals with PCOS Or not again, remember as women that are trying to heal our bodies and trying to help other women heal our bodies, which is what we promote on the Keto for Women show. You can now take this information to someone that does have PCOS and is unable to get it under control or is having issues. You now have the tools and the resources after listening to this episode to take that information and help someone who needs it. So, that's my spiel. Let's get on with the show. So today we are welcoming Jimena De La Serna, and she is a nutritional therapist based out of London, and she is a fertility and contraception educator, and a keto athlete, 100% fat fueled. Through her studies in functional nutrition, female hormones, fertility, and epigenetics, Jimena has helped dozens of people optimize their DNA health. Hormones and weight. After suffering from polycystic ovarian syndrome for 20 years, Jimena got rid of it without any medication through nutritional therapy alone by improving her genetic expression to silence PCOS forever. All right, let's go ahead and chat with Jimena. Jimena, thank you so much for coming on Keto for Women with me today. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, Sean, I am
1: so freaking excited to be here. Honestly, I've got my batteries charged. I was just
0: outside getting some sun and I am so ready to be here with you and your friends. <laughs> I'm very jealous because I have not gotten any sun today, but it's also a little <laughs> early for me. We aren't got very different time zones, but we made it work Oh, yeah. and it's the end of your day and the beginning of my day. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, this is the first time that I see the sun
1: since we came back from Mallorca. So, about time.
0: Oh my gosh. I would have been crying every day. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm glad you got some sun finally. Speaking of Mallorca, we were together at the Keto Ladies Conference, the Low Carb Universe Keto Ladies Conference, and we had this instant connection. Absolutely. So much. (laughs) I connected to your inner Latin. (laughs) I know. I'm really trying to. I'm your Latin sister. Yep. (laughs) I'm really trying to portray that in my life now. But you know, there's just certain people that you meet for the first time and it feels like you've always been friends and have these connections and now we'll be friends forever for sure. So it was just so nice to meet you in person and we got along so well and had so much fun. We have very similar stories as far as our health histories what we've been through and what we put our bodies through and all that stuff. So I knew I needed to get you on the show just because we're friends and also because you have a lot to share with these keto women listening today. So let's get into that. The first thing I want to talk about, obviously I want you to introduce yourself, but tell us about that background that you had with the fitness world and the bodybuilding and dieting and all that stuff that you put yourself through.
1: Oh yeah, Sean. So (laughs) that was like the cherry on top of everything. Mm -hmm. So as you know, I had PCOS for 20 years and I say I had because officially as today I don't have it anymore even though doctors tell everyone that PCOS is for life and that it's not curable and that you have to just deal with it and just be calm and deal with it right. So I suffered from it for 20 years and right at the end of those 20 years when I was in my late 20s I started to really get into the bodybuilding arena. At the beginning, I was just training. And then, as you know, Sean, you start getting more and more into it and you start meeting more people who are into it. And you get in this really nice community that are people who are very healthy, very supportive. I don't know. It's just really, really nice. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's a bad community because in reality, most of my best friends come from there nowadays. But also, you kind of have two-way that you can go the healthy route where you can take sports and bodybuilding as something to build your strength and build your bones and be amazing and be awesome. Or you can start taking the route where some people start to say to you, hey, you train so much. Hey, you are getting so lean. Why don't you compete? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you start getting into that mindset of competing. And to be honest with you, I never actually wanted to compete, but I was getting into the, hey, I guess I can get a little bit leaner and I guess I can add one more workout to my everyday workouts and everything. And I guess I can do just a little bit more. And the whole thing completely destroyed my hormones because I was too controlling with my food to begin with. I starved myself a lot to get there. And at the same time, I was working out like a crazy woman trying to build that muscle. So how can anyone think that you can actually build muscle, build strength, and build health if you're not eating? And on top of that, as you know, Sean, the bodybuilder's diet, it's very, very Mm carb-based. So if you add that to the fact that I had PCOS and... Obviously, PCOS is a complete intolerance of carbohydrates. I was just making the whole thing worse. And honestly, I felt the worst I felt in my life. And I was to the border of collapse. So how did you dig yourself out of that? That's interesting. Something shocked me. It was because I lost my period. Mm -hmm. So many women do the athlete triad, which is called you lose your period and you start having other problems. You can work out as much as you want, as long as you eat enough for that kind of energy expenditure. Mm -hmm. But I lost my period and it was the first time, even though I had PCOS, I had never actually lost my period. I used to have very long cycles with PCOS, but never actually lose it. And I lost it for almost a year. And that was the waking call for me because of what I do. And because I was already studying nutritional therapy and I was already becoming an expert on fertility and everything. I said, girl, what the freaking hell are you doing? Like you're here trying to learn about fertility and everything. And you're the first one who has lost her period because of all of this. And that was my waking up call. I started to revert everything. And it was hard because as you know, Sean, and it happens to many of us, I had to recover quite a lot of weight to be able to recover my ovulation, my periods, and to be healthy. So that one day I said, okay, I'm going to stop this. And the following day I was eating everything within reach. I did it slowly. I had to break with two years worth of control, what I was doing with my body. So it was slowly, it was slowly, but at the end I gave up everything. And I remember the last thing that I gave up was the scales in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was already doing everything right, but the scales was still in the bathroom and I was still weighing myself every morning, even though I wasn't trying to control that weight, but I was conscious of it. Yeah, And the last thing
0: I did was ditch it. So big, so big. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so true. And it's such a mentality shift too. Like you said, you had now gone from two years of really controlling everything, but you have to release that control if you're going to actually start focusing on your health. Like you can't control and gain your health back at the same time. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to decide one or the other. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm a control freak. I like things that I can control. And it was hard to give up that control and say, you know what? I'm just going to listen to my body. I'm a freaking nutritional therapist for God's sake. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to do what my body is asking me. And I remember, Sean, I was astonished. My mom was astonished. Everyone, because obviously after two years of restricting calories, restricting everything that passed my mouth, then I gave in and I was just listening to my body. And I remember for the first six months, Sean, the appetite that I had, my boyfriend was like, my goodness, you're going to eat me one day.
0: I could eat so much food. Well, because your body needed it. It was trying to make up for the years of not having it. Absolutely. It was very interesting
1: to learn this as a nutritional therapist because my body was like, okay, girl, now you're going to eat everything within reach. And I was just eating and cooking. My goodness, everything that had to do with food became my obsession. That's how intelligent your body is that will release hormones to make you interested in food, not only hungry. It will make you interested in food. So I started buying like cooking books and thinking about food and eating all the time. And then after my body decided that it wasn't enough, my appetite went back to normal. Mm-hmm. But it was quite amazing to
0: see the amount of food that I could put in my body. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Your body needed it so bad. All those nutrients. It's like, yes, give me more. I've been missing this. Yeah, because I was eating keto as well. It was all that nutrient
1: dense food that my body was craving and all the fat, obviously a bodybuilding diet is high in carbs and low in fat. My hormones were starved. My cells were starved and they were asking for fat and the amount of fat and things that I
0: could eat. It was amazing. Which thank goodness you did because that also got you your health back. Absolutely. I'm so happy. Okay. Speaking of, let's now reverse. And now we want to hear about your health journey that you've been through. You mentioned PCOS for 20 years. So take us back to that point.
1: Okay. So yeah, PCOS started when I was 13. How I realized is because suddenly it started losing my hair quite noticeably to the point where you could see my parting, like you were able to see my head through my hair and you're not supposed to see your scalp. So my mom was a little bit like, what's going on? As a kid, I used to have such amount of hair. Like it was ridiculous the amount of hair I had as a kid. And in a way, the silver lining of it is that I did lose 50% of my hair due to PCOS. But it was thanks to the fact that I had so much hair as a kid that 50%, I mean, I still kept some hair and it wasn't to the point where I was going bald but it was very aggressive. I had one of the most aggressive alopecias that there were. But I went to the doctor and the doctor just said that I had androgenetic alopecia. But to this point, they never said anything about PCOS. The first thing that they do, of course, was giving me hormone blockers. So I was 13. I was at the start of my puberty. When all your hormones are developing and what do they do? They give me hormone blockers. So In my personal opinion, that's not very responsible to do that, to give hormone blockers to a 13-year-old that's just developing. Agreed. And the pill, of course, to quote-unquote regulate my hormonal problem. Obviously, the pill, now we know that doesn't regulate anything. The pill just shuts down your entire hormonal system so you don't see and you don't feel the problem that is lying there. But as soon as you remove the pill from the equation, everything comes back because the illness is still there. It's the band aid. Exactly. It's a band aid. So that continued. And then the other thing that I had a lot from PCOS was very, very severe acne, cystic acne. And I continued with that all my puberty. And then I finished puberty, I hit my 20s, and I was still having the hair loss. I'm still having the acne. Even when I went through my 30s, I was still having the acne, like I was a 16 year old. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was 26 that one doctor actually mentioned to me, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, you know this. And I was like, what? So the whole thing, I was never being told. I never heard about it until that point. I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't know what she was talking about, and I didn't know I had it. And she said, yeah, you've had it since you were 13, because the alopecia is just one symptom of it, and your cystic acne is another symptom of it. So it wasn't until 26 that I was properly diagnosed with PCOS, and it made me so angry, Sean. That was the point where I decided that I was going to become kind of like the PCOS whisperer. I was going to become this guru that I was going to learn everything. I'm a very geeky girl, (laughs) like always (laughs) reading and learning. So that's when I decided that I was going to become a quote unquote expert on it. And I started studying, went to books and eventually ended up studying in therapy and everything else and fertility. And that's how I became like I am today about PCOS. And that's how I
0: reversed my PCOS. I love it so much. Okay. So first of all, before we get into all of that, I want you to give a little bit of a general definition, I guess, of what PCOS is for those that don't know, or maybe those that have been diagnosed that don't even really know what they were diagnosed with. Absolutely. And you know, it angers me, Sean, because
1: many times what doctors use to diagnose PCOS is just a scan. It's just a pelvic scan. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you've got cysts in your ovaries, then they tell you you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And even the name is misleading. The name polycystic, poly meaning many, many cysts in your ovaries is misleading because then you think, oh, if I've got cysts in my ovaries, then it means that I've got polycystic ovary syndrome. When actually most women, healthy women have cysts in their ovaries because they just happen. There's a reason for them and there's nothing to be worried about. This is the first thing that I want your listeners to understand is that polycystic ovary syndrome doesn't mean that you have cysts in your ovaries. And polycystic ovary syndrome cannot, cannot be diagnosed by ultrasound only. Mm -hmm. In fact, you have to diagnose it if you have three symptoms of the polycystic ovary syndrome, which is high levels of androgens. Androgens are the male hormones in your blood. Or even if you have the symptoms of high androgens. And what are the symptoms? Alopecia, cystic acne hair on your face or your body, dark skin around your neck, inside of your elbows, at the back of your knees, problems with weight, problems with putting weight in the middle of your body, problems losing that weight, even if you're not eating, even if you're exercising, which is another myth that we know about. All of these things that basically you will relate to a man, you will think of a man when you think of those things, is what is telling you that you have high androgens. And the third thing is that if you can rule out any other illness that can give you high androgens, there are a couple of illnesses that can give you high androgens, but they are not very prevalent. So usually people don't have them. Then you can actually say that you've got polycystic ovary syndrome. So that's the first thing. That's how you diagnose it, through symptoms and through maybe a blood test or a saliva test to see your androgens. Obviously, if you are on the pill, the... Test results, they're not going to tell you anything because the pill is suppressing that. So it's not actually telling you anything. Right. You have to be at least three or six months without taking any hormones to be able to test for it and see if you actually have the high androgens, okay? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, very much agree with that. (laughs) And then the second thing
1: is that what is PCOS if you have been diagnosed with it or if you've heard about it or you think you have it but you're not sure? very, very simple. This is not something weird that you have in your body and that nobody can explain to you. No, 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 no. PCOS is actually quite simple. PCOS, it's a cascade to a self-fed loop that I'm going to explain in a second. And PCOS is a lack of ovulation. So all those symptoms that you are having, all those symptoms that relate to PCOS come from the fact that you're not ovulating. So what happens here is that doctors say that one of the symptoms, this is interesting because they say one of the symptoms of PCOS is insulin resistance or high levels of insulin in your body. When in reality, Sean, high insulin or insulin resistance is not a symptom of PCOS, it's the trigger of PCOS. Mm -hmm. So PCOS is in your genes, like anything else can be in your genes. But just knowing what you have in your genes doesn't mean that you're going to develop it. For example, when scientists finally realized or, or decoded the whole human genome, they realized that they had more questions than answers. Because just by looking at your DNA, you cannot tell if you're going to have brown eyes or green eyes, because it depends on what way your DNA is going to express itself. So it doesn't matter that you have the PCOS gene in your DNA. It doesn't mean that you're going to develop it. But if you give it what it needs to be activated, it will develop. And what it needs is high levels of insulin. And how do you get high levels of insulin? Because you eat too much carbohydrates, because you eat too much sugar, or because you eat too often. Usually, both of them together. You eat too often and you eat too much carbohydrates and sugars. So what happens is this high insulin does two things. The high insulin stimulates testosterone in your ovaries and also stimulates luteinizing hormone. This is another thing that when you do a hormonal test, usually for PCOS, you will see high levels of luteinizing hormone, also called LH, because it's being stimulated by the high insulin. What happens when you have high testosterone and high LH? it impedes ovulation. You don't ovulate. And listen to me, if you have your period, it doesn't mean that you're ovulating. You can bleed every month and that doesn't mean that you're ovulating.
0: That is a super important point. People do not understand that. They think because they're having a cycle that everything's fine with their hormones and that is almost never the case.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And even more to explain it, when you take the pill, you have a bleed every month. Yes, but you're not doing anything else.
0: You're just bleeding.
1: Exactly. And that doesn't mean that you have a cycle. That doesn't mean that you have healthy hormones. That doesn't mean
0: anything. Right.
1: It just means that you're bleeding because you stopped taking the pill for a week.
0: Hmm. Yep, exactly.
1: Exactly. So the same thing can happen when you're not taking the pill. You can have a bleed every month because your endometrium grows and your body shreds it, but it doesn't mean that you ovulate it. When you don't ovulate, you have more or higher levels of testosterone. Because you have high levels of testosterone, you don't ovulate. Because you don't ovulate, you have testosterone. You see what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. It's a cycle.
1: Mm -hmm. And what doctors try to do is they try to block the testosterone with the testosterone blockers and with the pill. But instead of doing that, they address the main trigger, which is the high insulin. You break the trigger and you break the vicious
0: cycle. Because really what you're trying to do is just get yourself to ovulate again. And then once that happens, you've basically reversed out of it, right? Correct. That's absolutely right.
1: What is the main disruptor here? The high insulin. Once you remove the disruptor from your body, then you can ovulate again. And once you start ovulating, then the free testosterone in your body starts to lower it and you can continue ovulating. And please don't think that testosterone is something bad. Testosterone, As women, we need it Mm -hmm. and it's good for us. We just don't want too much of it free, what is called free testosterone. That's what we don't want because that's the testosterone that creates all of these problems. So yeah, absolutely. Once you address the issue, then you ovulate and then the PCOS goes into remission.
0: Okay. This is amazing. So let's chat about this. Let's go back to more your story. Like, How did you find that out? How did you get into the keto lifestyle to help with this? Did you kind of see that insulin was an issue for you and realize that was the best course of action?
1: <laughs> it was quite funny because the first time I heard about keto... From one of my professors, I was like, What? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. And then he pointed me in the right direction. But how I learned is because I was already studying nutrition and nutritional therapy and all of this. And I started learning a little bit more about carbohydrates, about my high carb diet that I used to follow as a bodybuilder and everything. And then I started putting two and two together because I realized that type 2 diabetes runs in my family, my dad's side of the family. Almost everyone has got type 2 diabetes, including my dad, who used to have it because now, thanks to keto, he doesn't have it anymore.
0: Mm, Love it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely amazing. When he's a doctor himself, he's an MD. When I told him all of this, he first thought that I was a little bit cuckoo. And then he said to me, Just do it. I trust you. And after six months of me doing it, he saw the results that I was getting and he decided to try. And he had type two diabetes also for 20 years. He was found with type two diabetes at the same time that I was found with PCOS. And after 20 years of suffering from type two diabetes in less than a month, Sean, he was off his medication.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. That's so
0: amazing. And it's, it really can be that quick.
1: Absolutely. It is that quick because for me, for example, for PCOS, once I started reading, once this person gave me this keto word, <laughs> the geek in me came out again. I put on yes. my glasses and I went into fantastic internet and I started looking, 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 looking more about keto. What is keto? What is low carb? And I started finding, 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 man, you can see me in front of my computer and in front of my books, reading, absorbing like a crazy woman until I closed the last book and said, okay, I understand it all now. <laughs> I put two and two together and I realized that I did have insulin resistance and that my PCOS was just an expression of that insulin resistance. And obviously at that time, I said, what's the best thing that I can do? Just from tomorrow, I'm not going to eat more carbs and I'm going to just follow this and see what happens because, hey, what's the worst that can happen to me? I don't have a period. My PCOS is getting worse. I'm in my 30s now. And this cannot be happening. So I'm just going to stop and I'm going to try. And what's the worst that can happen? And I stopped it the following day. And then the rest is just history. I continued with it. And within two weeks, my very inflammatory cystic acne was reduced maybe to a 50% in just two weeks. And from there, it cleared out and it's never been back ever again. And the same with everything with PCOS.
0: So then how long did it take for that to happen? So the acne was pretty quick, but how long before you legitimately started ovulating and having a normal menstrual cycle?
1: So that took a little bit longer, but also keep in mind that my cycle was missing, not just because of PCOS, because as I was said before, I actually never missed my period Mm -hmm. when I had PCOS. I don't know if I was ovulating when I was younger, but I did have a period every month. I was probably not ovulating because of the PCOS, but this was the first time that I was actually aware of my ovulation. I also trained in uh fertility awareness method, which is a scientific method that I teach, that will teach you exactly how your cycle works and you can observe it yourself very easily in less than two minutes a day. And it will tell you if you're ovulating, when you're ovulating, the exact moment when you're ovulating, how long are each phase of your cycle so you know if you have a healthy cycle or not, or if you need to address something. So when I was doing all of this, keep in mind that the reason why I lost my period in the first place was because I was very low on body fat. And I was training too much. Basically, I had the athlete try it. Mm-hmm. So it took a little bit longer because it took for me to, <laughs> as we said before, relinquish that control. <sighs> I stopped one thing at a time, so first, I stopped weighing my food. then I stopped thinking about macros. Then I stopped doing this, then I stopped restricting food, like amounts of food, and I will eat whenever I was hungry. So it was step by step. And it took my body around six months to recover a healthy weight and a healthy body fat percentage. So it was about that time, about six months after doing keto and doing everything right and relinquishing control, that I finally ovulated and had my first period. And it was around that time as well when I went to the doctor to my normal checkups and everything, my cervical screening and after all the results came back, my doctor told me, well, actually you don't have any of the PCOS signs anymore. I cannot treat you as a PCOS patient. Therefore I'm going to take the PCOS out of your health history.
0: Like, oh my gosh, that is so
1: cool. That was amazing. And that was only six months after starting keto and everything. And I mean, six months can look like a lot to some people, but I'm talking after 20 years of PCOS. It's nothing. Nothing. It's the second. That's how badly your body wants to
0: be healthy. Before we get any further with this episode, let me take just a second to tell you all about the Ample Ketogenic Meal Replacement Shakes. I'm so excited that this product is now out there. I can't wait for you all to try it. It is the first all-in-one keto meal replacement shake that gets the nutrition from quality real ingredients, which is so, so, so hard to find in the ketogenic space. You all know how important real food ingredients are for me, and I want to pass that information on to you. And here we now have a really great opportunity to have a meal replacement shake, something that's super easy for us to grab when we're on the go, running errands, don't have time for breakfast, don't feel like cooking, whatever it may be. We now have a place to turn, and that is the Ample Ketogenic Meal Replacement Shakes, 70% of the calories in this shake come from premium healthy fats, such as MCT oil powder, coconut oil powder, things we're already eating on a daily basis anyway. There are only six grams of net carbs in each meal, and it comes along with 40 billion CFUs of probiotics, which is like 10 times what you would get by drinking a kombucha. So they're really taking care of our gut health. They're keeping that in check while we're on our ketogenic diet. They have the prebiotic fibers necessary too within this shake to feed the good bacteria in your gut. They've thought of so much. It has potassium and magnesium so that if you're going through the keto flu or you just want to work on your electrolyte balance, which is something we talk about a lot on keto for women, that's taken care of too. And the best part is it actually tastes amazing. I taste so many ketogenic products. Most of them I don't like, so I don't even tell you about them. But I love the flavor of these ample shakes. You're going to love it. I can't wait for you all to try it. In order to do so, because they are a sponsor of the Keto for Women show, you lucky listeners get 15% off your order when you go to amplemeal.com and use the coupon code Keto the number four women 15 at checkout. That's amplemeal.com and use the coupon code keto the number four women 15 to get your 15% off your first order. I will make sure to have this information linked in the show notes so you can get easy access to your 15% off. And I think that's such an important. Aspect for your story and for everyone to really take to heart is like you said, a lot of it when we get diagnosed or when we find out this is what's happening with people with PCOS, you think it's just forever, you think it's just something you're always going to have to deal with, and it is not the case. It's not the case if you follow
1: the traditional route of PCOS, which is take the pill that does nothing and take the hormone blockers and then use minoxidil for your hair loss and use a lot of products for your face and get laser treatment for the hair in your face, in your body, and you do all of those things, it's going to take you forever, and it's never
0: going to... You're going to be doing it forever. Yeah,
1: you're going to yeah. be doing it forever because you're not treating the cause. You're just masking it. So you're doing the laser to mask the hair. You're doing the facial treatments to mask the acne. You're doing the minoxidil to mask the hair loss. And on top of that, all these things that you're putting on your body, by the way, are highly toxic and they're taxing your detoxifying system in your body, which will make things even worse because it will give you inflammation. I mean, oh my God, it's a it's whole- a
0: huge cycle that's never ending.
1: It's a huge cycle. It's not just the hormones. The whole thing is so wrong. But if you get out of that circle of just masking things and you actually address the problem, which is so easy to address just with food, mm-hmm. then it is curable and it is reversible and you can switch off that gene for good.
0: Yeah. That's an important thing to note is like you said, it is a genetic predisposition to some degree because of Mm -hmm. what your family history is with blood sugar imbalances. And you can turn it on with having a high carb diet and with having this insulin resistance marker. But then once that's backed out of, and once you have normal blood sugar, then, you know, kind of this epigenetic piece, which is that then you can switch that genetic predisposition off or that gene then turns off. Correct?
1: Isn't that amazing? Would you just say? (laughs) It's absolutely right. Because many people think because I've activated this gene, then I'm doomed for life. No girl, you can switch it off again. It's that simple. So cool. It's so cool. Your body, please, we need to give more credit to our bodies. I love this movement with keto because it's, you know what? It's a movement where people actually believe and they say, you know what? My body can actually figure out things. The only way for you to be healthy is that you allow your body to do things itself. If you remove yourself from its way, you are on the way of your body, girl. You are putting yourself on the way of your health. You are the thing standing between your body and your health. If you remove yourself from that equation, your body knows exactly what to do. Give it credit. We have millions of years of evolution. The fact that you and I are here today, Sean, is because we are the result of the most advanced evolution to date. Mm-hmm. So until today, Until today, when you and I are listening and talking to each other, and when your listeners are listening to this episode, congratulate yourself because you are right now the most advanced version of a human being that it's ever been. Because... You are here thanks to the evolution that brought you here in a successful way. So do you not think that that evolution knows more than you how to keep you healthy and how to bring you to the 21st century and beyond? Of course it does. Of course it does. You just need to remove yourself from the problem.
0: Uh, We are so on the same page, girl. This is amazing. (laughs) It's so true. It's like we're the ones getting in the way. Our brains and what we've been conditioned to think about food and diets and everything is what's getting in the way of us actually being healthy. It's so important. And what
1: you just said that the things that they have put in our heads about food, one of the first things I tell my patients and my followers is food is not only fuel. We tend to think, or we've been given this idea That food is just calories. Food is just fuel, like the fuel you put in the tank of your car so it can run. Excuse me, food is fuel, yes, but it's just one of its functions. The most important function of food is food is a genetic messenger. What it does, any piece of food that you eat has a genetic charge attached to it what it's going to do is once that food gets digested in your system, the genetic information that is in the food that you just ate is going to give instructions to your cells on how to behave and therefore is going to give instructions to your DNA on how to behave. And therefore, if you're eating good food, that it's the food that you are meant to eat because you are an animal and you're meant to eat what we've been eating for millennia, then that is going to give, and if it's good food, is being properly raised and is not like GMO and things like that, it's going to give a positive, Genetic information to your cells, and therefore, it's going to give a positive genetic information to your DNA, and you're going to have a successful DNA expression. But if you're eating crap and if you're eating cheap foods, and we know what cheap foods are, and we know how cheap carbs are, and that's the reason why people go for it, and also because they're delicious, they made them so delicious that people go for them. If you're eating crappy foods and foods that are just not good for you, that is going to give a negative genetic information to your genes and to your DNA. And therefore you're going to express the genes that you don't want to express. This is what food is.
0: Yes. It's so much more than just what we have been taught to think of it. So I think That's a whole nother topic, but that is really important. Like the whole genetic (laughs) expression of food. It's so amazing, but I'm really glad you brought that up. Okay. So now let's turn because we probably have some listeners that have PCOS and they've done keto, they're doing it, they're trying to heal, but it's not happening. So I know there are other things that we need to consider, of course, as always, besides just what's on our plate.
1: Absolutely. So Food is the first step. Food is always the first step. But obviously, you have to look at what's your history. You have to look, for example, if we go back to my case, I could go back to keto. But you can absolutely still restrict food when you're in keto if you want. So imagine that the person is doing keto and everything, but this person is just not eating enough and she is restricting calories and she is restricting the amount of food and she is still hungry, then she is not going to resolve the problem
0: because she is still denying her body what it needs. Which is probably really common with PCOS because one of the biggest indicators is weight gain. And so we go to dieting.
1: Yes, exactly. Because we have this completely mistaken idea that food is just fuel, that food is just calories, then we think, oh, because food is just fuel and calories, then I'm going to restrict it and then I'm going to lose weight. When in reality, when you restrict food, good food, when you restrict it and you are being hungry, you're not just restricting calories, you're restricting all that genetic information that your body needs. You are restricting all those nutrients that your body needs and therefore your body is not going to be able to express itself. Mm -hmm. But then also you can also do a dirty kind of keto and you start eating a lot of things that might not be that good for you. We have to look at other intolerances that you might have. Do you have any autoimmune diseases that may be on the way as well? Because PCOS is just one thing. PCOS is not an autoimmune disease. disorder. It's a metabolic disorder. So do you have any autoimmune disorders that may be in the way of you healing? And I also follow a three-step protocol with my patients. And the second step, it's going to be what you're putting in your body in terms of toxicity. Huge. For example, many of the products that we put on our skin the most expensive products that we think are amazing, and we're paying a hundred dollars a jar of face cream, they're full of things that can be hormonal disruptors. So <laughs> I've said this before, and many women become a little bit upset with me because I first <laughs> tell them that they have to stop eating crap, and then I tell them that they have to stop <laughs> using their high quality wrinkle creams. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> wrinkle creams. <laughs> but the fact is that there are brands that make clean products that are not full of toxics. And also nature usually has everything that you need to prevent these things. Because in the first place, the excessive wrinkles, and we learned this during Quito Ladies in Mallorca, right? With Francisca. The main thing that makes you age is not going to reverse itself because of the expensive cream that you put in your face. Because we can see how Francisca is just following a lifestyle that is anti-aging, and that comes from food and from lifestyle. And she's aging. I mean, Super slowly. Let's
0: just say that. <laughs> exactly. It looks amazing.
1: It's like, I, I want to be like her when I grow up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so don't worry so much about the creams because this youth is going to come from within you when you're giving your body the collagen, the nutrients, the vitamins, the fat that it needs to be healthy and to be youthful. So, toxicity is very important in the water that we drink, in the foods that we eat. In America, it's a little bit harsher than in Europe. In Europe, thankfully, we have stricter rules when it comes to GMO, when it comes to hormones in animals, when it comes to antibiotics in animals. Yeah, we are stricter, but we still have it. And to be honest, the best thing that you can do is as much as you can, and this is not trying to shame anyone because. Some people really struggle with the kind of food that they can buy or what they can afford. But as much as you can afford it, try to eat, especially when you eat animals, try to eat animals that are organic, that are grass-fed, that have been raised properly. So you are not putting all of this toxins in your body because then the detoxifying system in your body is going to be completely overworked. And then a lot of things come with that. For example, when your liver cannot rid yourself of toxins, you start building up an excess estrogen for example. And then if you have an excess estrogen, that can affect your PCOS as well. And that can affect many other things. That can affect you not having a period or you not ovulating because your liver, again, is not able to detoxify you from the excess estrogen. If you are not ovulating, you definitely have excess estrogen because you're not ovulating. If you don't ovulate, you don't produce progesterone. And progesterone is what balances estrogen. So... It's actually a multi-piece puzzle totally, that you have to work with. And it, you go with it step-by-step, step, but it's not impossible and it's not overwhelming. You just have to go step-by-step. Step. So the first step is food. And once that is controlled, then we move into the next one, which is detoxifying. Then we move into learning about our cycles and optimizing our cycles, movement, et cetera.
0: Oh, I love it. And also huge stress because it's probably stressful enough to have PCOS. But then we also take on the rest of life stressors that we all have right now, kind of in this day and age, I guess. And then that's just another thing that's going to halt your progress and halt your ability to heal your blood sugar, start ovulating again, get your cycles back to normal and your hormones balanced out. And it's like you could be doing everything right. But if you can't get your stress under control, good luck.
1: Oh my God, Sean, that's so, so massively important what you just said. And the thing is that how do we get out of this stressful road? Because as you said, if I've got PCOS, I'm going to be stressed because of the PCOS. But then on top of that, maybe I have kids or maybe I have a stressful boss or I have a stressful job or whatever. We are super stressed about everything. And like you said, and we learned also in Mallorca in one of your episodes where you were talking about what you learned in Mallorca. Is what Trudy said about stress being able to make you produce? Was it six hundred milligrams of glucose? Yeah, it was a lot. I can't
0: remember the. Ex- it was so I was floored when she said. I that. almost dropped on the floor when I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot. I mean,
1: I knew that stress can make you produce more glucose, but six hundred milligrams. It's a lot. Something like that, right? It was absolutely incredible. So imagine what that's doing to your body. You're actually producing the sugar that you are not eating because you're so stressed. And then many people wake up in the morning after the night fast, and they realize that the sugars are really, really high in the morning, and they don't understand why they're eating keto. Obviously, if you come from an insulin resistance scenario, then sometimes, especially if you had type 2 diabetes or very high insulin resistance, which is the same thing, You can have what's called the dawn effect and have that high sugar in the morning, but it usually regulates around the rest of the day. But if you're not sleeping well, and if you are very stressed, those sugar levels sometimes tend to stay high the rest of the day, even though you're eating keto. And it's because of what we just said.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about that stress and that blood sugar. Incredible. Doesn't heal no matter how keto you are, because you're still stressed out. It can be that easy although not that stress is easy to manage. I totally get it. It's the hardest thing we as women have to try to figure out, I think for sure. Yeah. Cause food is easy, right? You just change your plate. Yeah. You just take out the carbs, add in all the fats and you're good. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's stress. We wouldn't have a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one last question about PCOS in particular, are there ever times or are there situations where supplementation may be needed and are there certain supplements that would potentially work for someone with PCOS to help regulate all this or do you just go the kind of more diet route and lifestyle route?
1: Yeah, definitely diet and lifestyle first thing. Let's say that supplements are the cherry on top that you can use to even improve further. And what I say is like, see this thing, this is very interesting because When you are diagnosed with PCOS, obviously the first thing they tell you is take the pill, maybe take antiandrogens. And sometimes if you're lucky, quote unquote lucky, they will give you something called metformin, which is a drug that helps you become more insulin sensitive. So in a way that metformin is doing for you what nutrition could do for you is making you more insulin sensitive. But the thing is that some of us don't develop overweight because of PCOS, because the fact that you have PCOS doesn't mean that you are going to develop all the symptoms of PCOS. You may develop half of them, one of them, two of them. In my case, for example, I never developed the overweight or the problems with my weight. And that's the reason why they never prescribed me metformin, when in reality, metformin would have been a much better solution to PCOS. Than the freaking pill and the testosterone blockers. Why? Because the function of metformin is to make you more insulin sensitive. So that would have helped me. But in honesty with you, you don't actually need it because once you are able to control the insulin yourself, through eliminating the high carbs and the sugars, then you become insulin sensitive again. It's very important for people to know that you don't have to be strict keto all the time. With my protocol, usually I start with a more strict keto at the beginning, even though I get women to enter ketosis slowly like you do with your... Fat-burning female. Fat-burning female, there you go. (laughs) Fat-burning female program. I enter them slowly into ketosis so not to shock their systems too much because women, we are delicate. We're fantastic. It's incredible what we are. (laughs) But after that
0: But we are delicate,
1: yes. Exactly. But after that, I maybe continue with a strict keto for a little bit until symptoms are in remission. And after that, my patients are what I call keto evolved. Mm -hmm. So are you a keto-evolved woman? It means that your metabolism has regulated, you have become insulin sensitive again, and now you can start adding A few nice carbohydrates like root vegetables, like some summer fruits, every now and then, depending on your particular case, and especially at the beginning of your cycle, because I find that that helps women ovulate. So it doesn't mean that you have to be like the super hardcore keto for the rest of your life. You can be very flexible once you are keto evolved, and then you can add these fantastic root vegetables on intervals, what you and, for example, Leanne call carb loading or things like that, that you can do if you want to help you ovulate and to help the health of your hormones of your cycle and make sure that you ovulate. And also other supplements that you can use to become more insulin sensitive are berberine and inositol, for example. Inositol is something else that can be used as well. But to be honest with you, Sean, as long as you're using a low carb approach, you become insulin sensitive again without the need for these drugs or supplements.
0: Yeah, so true. And there are a lot of women, I think majority of women who are diagnosed with PCOS that are on metformin. And like you said, it's definitely better than some of the other things that you could be prescribed when that's the case for you. But likely if you're doing keto, I mean, it's basically... The keto band aid if you do keto, then there's a good chance that you could talk with your doctor once you've made that keto transition and potentially get off the medication and of course, definitely do that with your doctor. Don't just take our word. we're not doctors, but you know that is something that you could go back and and maybe that is something that's not needed anymore
1: exactly, exactly. If you come work with your doctor step by step, say to your doctor, listen i'm going to try to manage my insulin through nutrition." Can you work with me on this so we can start lowering my medication? Because if you have got type 2 diabetes, you're probably taking metformin already. You have to be very careful because what happens is if you continue on the same dose of metformin during keto as you were when you were eating carbs, then the metformin becomes excessive. It's too much metformin for you now that you're not eating the carbs. Mm -hmm. So you have to lower it slowly with the help of your doctor. You have to lower the dose so you are not taking too much insulin and you're not risking a hypoglycemia that can be very dangerous for diabetics. You can work with your doctor slowly. Like, for example, my dad did. My dad, he's a doctor himself, so he did it himself. I gave him the diet. I said, dad, this is what you have to eat. And then he himself slowly started reducing his metformin as he saw needed because he was testing his blood glucose several times a day. And then eventually it wasn't needed anymore. Eventually the blood glucose was stable and he wasn't needing the metformin anymore, but you have to do it with your doctor. Definitely. Oh my gosh.
0: I loved this so much. You have no (laughs) idea how helpful this is going to be for people. Seriously. You're amazing. You're amazing. And you can tell that you just have so much passion about it. You're very similar to me when I start talking about keto and keto for women specifically and all the different changes we have to make. You just get so passionate about it.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Like, when I talk about ovulation and yeah, it's so great. I love talking about ovulation, about your cervix, your uterus, something that I do. And I did in Mallorca was like, I always show at the beginning of my talks, a clay model that I do that I make myself. And I always show it to everyone and ask people, what do you think this is? (laughs) (laughs) You know it, right? (laughs) And they're like, what? Everyone starts asking, is is it a sex toy? Because it does look a little bit like a sex toy. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. When I tell women, if I show you a penis, you will know exactly what it is. Well, know that this is actually your cervix. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is like, what? I'm like,
0: what? That's actually my body part? Exactly. That's actually your cervix. We don't know. We don't know enough about it. And that I would actually love to have you come back on and talk more about that and talk about the natural family planning and oh, just yes. all that stuff. Cause I am super passionate about that too. Oh. It totally changed my life. So I'd love to chat about that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Anytime is my favorite topic in the world, even more than the PCOS. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, it's so fascinating. And you just totally have a different level of respect and admiration for your body when you learn that. So...
1: Yeah. And you become so aware of what your body can do. You suddenly become aware it becomes kind of like cute. Like you see your body working yeah. for you super hard and you see the changes in your cervix and your changes in your fluid. And you're like, oh my God, you're working so hard for me. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: It's like, wow, my body is like the coolest thing ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> like us women, we're pretty cool. I must say. So cool, man. Like honestly, that's why I say like women are amazing. I mean, sorry about the guys, but you don't have all of these things. <laughs> that you can check. So tell everyone a little bit about where they can find you, what you do on a day-to-day basis and where they can learn more.
1: Absolutely. So at the moment, believe it or not, I am pretty much the only person talking about all of this in Spanish, talking about keto in Spanish, talking about fertility awareness method in Spanish, fertility ovulation, that you need to ovulate to be healthy, not just to have babies. So everything I do is mostly in Spanish because of that, because I need to bring this to my Hispanic community. I'm Colombian, as you know. Mm -hmm. But lately I've been translating everything into English. And now my website, my main website, which is called FunctionalFemaleForce.com. Right now it's on the maintenance because I'm doing cool things to it that are going to be amazing. That one is in Spanish. But if you go to FunctionalFemaleForce.com forward slash help, you will learn a lot about everything that I do and you will learn it in English. I'm trying to translate as much things of what I do in English. So people from the UK where I live, people from America, Canada, wherever you are, you can see what I do and I can help you too. Because I also see patients 101 remotely through Skype and I can do it in English and in Spanish, of course. And so it's important that the people in English know that they can talk to me in English and that there's absolutely no problem. So there's where you can find me. And obviously my main channel is Instagram where you can find me as The Functional Force. You will learn a lot about what I do and cool tips
0: and everything that I talk about there. Yes, you are the best. And we'll have all of that linked in the show notes. But thank you. Yes, you are just the best. And I adore you. And I'm so glad that you came on the show. You gave so much amazing information, but also people will just love you as a person because your energy is like out of this world. It's so great. You light up a room for sure. So or an Instagram in this case. (laughs) Thank you so much,
1: Sean. And just know that the fact that you think that of me is just a reflection of yourself because obviously. We see people depending on our own measurements, if you will. And so so it's all in you. Sean, it was amazing meeting you in Mallorca. I've been following you for a very, very long time. Actually, I learned about Low Carb Universe because of you and your podcast. You're doing an amazing job and I couldn't be more proud to be here with you today. I feel very, very honored. So thank you so much, girl. You are so
0: sweet. Friends forever. Well, thank you so much and we will talk soon. (laughs)